Good evening, or afternoon, whatever it is. <laughs> it's fall break. My mind's off right now. Uh, today we celebrate St. Luke the Evangelist. Um, and as we heard in the first reading, he was one of the companions of St. Paul in the early church and his early missionary activity. Um, we hear, and in, in from Luke's gospel today, uh, the sending out of the 72 disciples. Right? A very familiar phrase, very familiar scripture uh, that most of us have heard. Got me thinking today about, uh, I remember when I was a kid, I would go, my dad, um, my dad was my baseball coach all my life, right? Uh, he taught me how to throw, everything from throwing a ball to hitting to, to just like all the fundamentals and the basics. Um, and I remember we would, one of the things we would do pretty regularly um, is that on weeknights we would take off after homework was done, obviously, and, and we would go over to uh, the batting cages in Homa and uh, we probably have spent enough money just putting tokens into those machines that we could have built our own batting cage. Um, but what we did was is we would go, um, it was always go to the batting cage, then go to Taco Bell after, because that was us, and then come back home. It was, a, it was just a cool little outing. Uh, a friend of mine who played ball with me, he, he and his dad would come and we'd make it an evening, and it was, always, it was a lot of fun. It was times that it was two, three, four, five nights a week that we were doing this, um, but we, we just had a really good time. It was a lot of fun. Um, I remember, though, when I would go, at one of the things about swinging a bat is there's a lot of very, very small details that most people don't recognize that just kind of lead to the most efficient and powerful swing that you can possibly get, and that only happens through muscle memory, doing it over and over and over and over. So I remember there were times that as I'm swinging, as I'm taking my, my cuts in the, in the cage, that my dad would be standing right behind me, and he would be giving me little pointers. He would put your hands up, you know, put your hands up higher as you're holding the bat, or, or uh, so why, why are you not stepping, you, your hips, you're not, you're not turning, all, all these different things. Well, and we would, no doubt, I'd look at him, and I'd get frustrated, and he would say something back, and I'd say something back, and he'd walk away, and I'd get angry, and then I'd hit the ball really hard, and then move on, right? There was one day, though, that I remember one of, our, one of my coaches who played college ball, uh, just happened to be around, and, and he jumped in the, in the truck with us, and he came with us. And we were standing there, and as I'm hitting, he's saying the same, very, very same things that my dad was saying, standing by the fence. Put your hands up. Why are you not stepping? Your hips, get, you know, your timing's a little bit off, all these kind of things. And I was listening to every single word that he said, and as I listened to every single word that he said, sure enough, I hit better. So when we get home, I looked at my dad, and I'm like, check that out. Like, that was so awesome. I was hitting. He looked at me, and he said, I have been telling you to do all of those things for years. Why didn't you listen to me? And I think, it's a fair, I think it was a fair question. For me, the reason why, I think, even in, upon reflecting after that, when I was 13 years old, right, I think as I was reflecting on it, one of the reasons why was because I knew the history in the background that my coach had. He had played college ball. He had, done some, he had, he had been advanced in, in, in leagues and things like that. He had experience coaching. He was using some language that might be a little bit more technical. While my dad knew his stuff, obviously, he had a little bit more of a rudimentary understanding of the fine-tuning. I was taking into account, whether I realized it or not, the source and the authority of the source more than I, more than I, I, could, I could grasp right, consciously. 
Today, when, we hear, when we're celebrating an evangelist, we celebrate someone who was with the early apostles. We celebrate Luke, who was with Paul. Even as all these names, right, from our first reading, great job reading them, by the way, um, all these names from the first reading, as they are sent out to all these different places, Luke is alone with me, right? Luke is alone with Paul. He stays with Paul. He's Paul's right-hand man, right? So Luke is, has the authority and understanding of what the gospel proclamation looks like and what it means to be an evangelist. So we can trust Luke and the source because of who Luke is and his history. I think for us, a lot of times, we fall into the more rudimentary understanding or a rudimentary role of an apostle or an evangelist. We know Jesus. We might not have the technical experience like Luke did of following, of following Paul. But we know Jesus and we want to proclaim, we want to do something. One of the worst things that can happen, though, one of the things that causes the most scandal in our church is when Christians proclaim something but don't live it. When there is a, a, a hypocrisy that is recognized. In the, in the 20th century, Mahatma Gandhi, I, I probably used this story before, but Gandhi was asked why he never converted to Christianity because so much of what he believed and what he, he promoted was a Christian, were Christian ideals in, in nature. And when he was asked, he said, I love your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. As an indictment to the hypocrisy that he saw. I think today, as we, as we celebrate an evangelist, as we celebrate someone who knew not only Christ through the apostles, but also Mary, because he's the one that reports on Jesus' early life, only stories his mom would have known. But as, he, as, we know, as we celebrate this apostle, we also have to ask ourselves, and we're, as we're faced with this mirror of, how am I as an evangelist? What I live, what I preach, what I say and what I, what I preach, does it match how I live? Does it match who I am in relationship to God in my prayer? Sometimes that can almost be an indictment. Sometimes that can be a challenge. I know for me, oftentimes it can be a challenge. But if we're going to profess the faith, how are we doing it, living it? How are we doing at praying, praying through and with it. Today as we come to this Mass, the Lord steps down to meet us so that He can reveal Himself to us so that there would be no hypocrisy, there would be no duplicity. All that would be driven out. And that we would come to know Him, come to believe in Him, come to love Him, to have authority as we go out and preach. Amen.